0: This is Advanced Autonomy, I'm Luke Renner. Since we launched the podcast a few weeks ago, we've really been focused on the technical and philosophical aspects of the autonomous vehicle sector. Today, we're gonna do something different and speak with a colleague from one of our strategic partners, First Transit. Jeff Peterson is the Director of Autonomous Technology Business Development for First Transit. He leads the company's pursuit and development of autonomous vehicle opportunities. Throughout his career, Jeff has fostered relationships with potential clients to fully understand their needs and develop strategies to achieve their goals. To this end, he works with operations teams and senior leadership to identify the best solutions for its clients' mobility needs. Hi, Jeff. Welcome to the show. Hi, Luke. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're, we're glad to have you too. Um, So I thought to get us started, you could tell us a little bit about kind of who you are and what your background is at First Transit.
1: Sure, I started at First Transit uh, about five years ago. And my primary uh, objective is to um, assist and and provide guidance to uh, current clients and and future clients on new mobility uh, service offerings, uh, primarily being automated vehicles.
0: For those who might not know who First Transit is, maybe you can tell us about the company, what the pitch is?
1: Sure. First Transit, at the end of the day, we're a contractor and operator of uh, public transit services. Uh, okay. A few different um, areas of focus and some sister company uh, a- as well. Um, but yeah, we operate fixed transit um, service, paratransit, non-emergency medical. Um, We have uh, shuttle services uh, for college and university, um, municipalities, uh, as well as um, corporate clients. Um, We've launched um, automated vehicle um, deployments, uh, 10 pilot projects that we've been a part of thus far. So looking into uh, advanced technologies in that space. We have a sister company, um, First Vehicle Services, that provides fleet vehicle maintenance to uh, municipalities, transit agencies, uh, law enforcement, fire department. Um, So really, if it has wheels and or an engine, uh, you know, it's of interest to us. We maintain over 30,000 pieces of equipment within First Vehicle Services. And then, as well, First Student uh, is a sister company. So, uh, operating traditional yellow school buses, providing transit to and from school for uh, children.
0: So, uh, a couple of weeks ago, First Transit and Sinjin announced their official partnership. If you could indulge me and log roll a little bit, um, why do you think Sinjin was a good fit for First Transit?
1: Yeah, I think it uh, allows us the opportunity to um, expand our um, expertise and and partnership in the um, autonomous mobility um, space. There are Mm -hmm. certainly the the projects that we've been involved in thus far uh, have been focused on passenger movement, but there's certainly a whole other area that is not related to passenger movement. Uh, mm-hmm. And so St. Uh, experience in, in both areas is uh, is relevant to us. And um, that there are clients that we have that may be more goods movement focused. Um, and, and this is another opportunity and, and uh, uh, technology that we can uh, present to them, whether it's yeah. airports and, and cargo and goods movement, um, ports or warehouse and uh uh, f- fulfillment centers uh, as well.
0: You know, as you talk to your clients and prospects about autonomous vehicles or autonomous mobility, uh, what are you hearing out in the field? Are people excited for this technology? Are they ready for it to come? Do they feel like it's still a long ways away? like
1: Yeah, I think we're certainly seeing an, an evolution. I, I think there's, uh, with, with most of the deployments of late, um, there's at least some familiarity uh, with automated vehicles and automated technology. Um, there still is an element of community engagement and education uh, that goes along with that. Um, mm-hmm. But we're seeing uh, a number of transit authorities or municipalities that are getting more sophisticated with the uh, uh, AV projects that they're looking at and exploring and Mm -hmm. moving beyond just demonstrating the capabilities of the technology, but actually looking at it as a viable means of providing a mobility service.
0: Yeah. And so at this stage, like, do you have clients that are you know, running autonomous vehicles in their fleet? Are you still mainly in the pilot project phase? Like, how is it going?
1: Yeah, primarily in the uh, pilot um, phase. Uh, yeah. and, and I think an element of that is certainly related to the funding and financial aspects of things. Um, but um, yeah, we're we're for the most part in in pilot phases still.
0: Are there any projects that you're particularly excited about that you'd like to talk about?
1: Uh, we have a project that's launching in Rochester, Minnesota here in the next month or so. Um, and that is, uh, connecting a medical facility, uh, in the downtown area to, uh, lodging and some other points of interest in the downtown. So
0: is that monitored by someone sitting in the vehicle or is the intention? Yeah,
1: the vehicles will have, um, an onboard attendant, um, just for the overall safety, but also where we sit today, um, with regard to regulatory and legislative issues, uh, there has to be an onboard attendant.
0: Uh, how, how are you thinking about the regulations?
1: In, in some regards, it's a hindrance. Um, from the standpoint, there's no cohesive, um, consistent federal directive uh, with mm-hmm. regard to automated vehicles. Um, in some cases that uh, uh, leads the states to make decisions that could be beneficial in the short term, because they may be willing to be more aggressive or flexible with Mm -hmm. uh, potential deployments. Um, I think certainly there's, there's a bit of a challenge from the standpoint, um, it's hard to recognize and and realize a return on investment uh, of an automated vehicle. When there still is a driver uh, on board, so mm-hmm. that uh, you know poses another uh, element and
0: challenge to things. So, with regard to the uh, Rochester, Minnesota project, are those buses operating on public streets, or will they have their own dedicated routes?
1: Yeah, they'll be operating on public routes uh, in mixed traffic.
0: Wow. Okay. So that's a fairly advanced use case, but that's exciting.
1: Definitely. Yep.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um, I want to widen the scope a little bit and just talk about the future of mobility more broadly. You mentioned that one of the trends we're seeing is that people are using many different ways to reach their destination, you know, driving to a car lot and then perhaps taking public transportation. Uh, I'm wondering, as you're speaking with your clients and as you're working with cities all across the country, what are you hearing in terms of how they expect transportation as we know it to continue to evolve over the next five or 10 years
1: yeah i think it's really a a matter of how can it be convenient for the the passengers um Mm -hmm. convenient in terms of uh, service quality and service reliability but as as more and more potential um mobility modes uh, come into play? How can that journey planning and fare collection, um, how can that be uh, sophisticated enough to uh, make it easy for the passengers? Um, so that's certainly something that um, that we're involved and engaged in um, mm-hmm. uh, throughout our business uh, models and and throughout uh, conversations with uh,
0: clients. Yeah, interesting. You know, one of the benefits that our customers certainly have when they use our technology is they get access to a lot of analytics and a lot of data about how their vehicles are operating in their particular domain. And so my question for you is, how are your clients working with data? Are they collecting data? Uh, has it been integrated into their sort of transportation operations?
1: Yeah, no, they're they're certainly using data and uh, much as mobility modes are evolving and becoming more sophisticated, we're also seeing the the usage and and need for data uh, increasing. Um, I I think initially it's looked at for route planning and service optimization, um, but there are also opportunities to leverage data for um, training efforts, um, for security uh, potential, Mm-hmm. um and also to um I- investigate and review incidents or or accidents uh if mm-hmm. they occur
0: yeah and how's first transit using data with your clients like are you guys gathering data or are you using it for specific purposes
1: yeah we 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 capture uh data on all the vehicles that we operate um primarily For ourselves, we utilize that to assist with fleet management and fleet maintenance, um, Mm -hmm. assisting in areas um, such as predictive maintenance and things of that nature. But at the same time, we're aware of other solutions and and tools and partners that uh, uh, can help transit authorities with the data elements that they're looking for and and the challenges they're looking to
0: address. Is there... um a certain kind of information that you guys are looking to get more access to as you go forward as new data collection technologies come online?
1: Um, I mean, I think as it relates to that, um, you know, preventative maintenance piece, just anything that, you know, obviously electric vehicles are going to become more and more prevalent. So how Mm -hmm. can we start to capture um, data on those on those assets and understand the the maintenance requirements. Um, yeah, you know, our our understanding where we sit today is obviously EVs are um, the the expectation is they have lower maintenance requirements. Mm-hmm. But what does that you know really look like? What does that really mean um, mm-hmm. when you have a forty foot electric bus that's operating on a you know fixed route service?
0: if one of the primary services you provide is maintenance, does that concern you as fleets start shifting over to a potentially lower maintenance vehicle?
1: Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, there's there's still gonna be maintenance aspects to them. I think they're gonna yeah. evolve and change. Um, it's not gonna be uh, necessarily rebuilding an internal combustion engine, obviously, but uh, at some point in time, if the batteries need to be replaced, uh, what does that process entail? You know, those aspects, uh, it's the the things that uh, engage with the, the road, uh, wheels, traffic, you know, windshields are going to break from time to time and uh, uh, other needs like that. So
0: mm-hmm. I want to shift over to safety because one of the things that I find really interesting about the transportation space is that it's actually become safer over time. And I wonder if you have any thoughts about why that is, or or how your organization has contributed to the increased safety of the people you serve.
1: Yeah, no, certainly. And, and safety is definitely one of the core values that uh, that First Transit uh, lives by um, and is a part of all of our operations and all of our different um, modes of transit that we're engaged in
0: uh, mm-hmm. from
1: training and and uh, ongoing resources for staffing. But also, as we've touched on a little bit, um, certainly as, as things evolve, there are technologies that exist to aid and assist with safety. And so mm-hmm. there are different things that we're uh, deploying and or testing um, in our different uh, operations, whether it's collision avoidance systems, emergency braking, rollover avoidance, uh, things of that nature. So um, certainly Mm -hmm. leveraging technology, uh, where we can to assist our operators um, and enhance our safety overall.
0: Yeah. How does one prevent a vehicle from rolling over?
1: Uh, there are, yeah, it's, it's yaw avoidance, uh, and, uh, just when typically it comes into play, um, when turning uh, around a corner. So just managing that uh, process with speed, turning radius, braking, things of that nature. Again, providing aid and assistance to the driver.
0: So one of the things that's been in the headlines a lot lately is just how difficult it's been for businesses to staff up. We've been seeing this in retail, the food industry. I'm wondering if First Transit and the transportation sector more broadly are dealing with any labor shortages and whether that's creating challenges for your organization.
1: Yeah, no, driver shortages is is certainly something that we deal with and and manage and, and see as a challenge, um, again, across all of our uh, lines of business, whether it's transit or, or student. Um, and and I think, yeah, as you mentioned, that mirrors some of the challenges in other industries, long haul trucking, mm-hmm. package delivery, whatever the case may be. So it's certainly something that we uh, we deal with and we manage in our business.
0: So what are you doing to deal with or manage it? Yeah, I think there are certainly
1: different recruiting efforts and, and programs that uh, were engaged and in, uh, involved in um, technical schools a- as a source of candidates, potentially. And then part of our interest um, in the automated vehicle space is long term, once level five arrives.
0: And by level five, you mean full autonomy.
1: Yep. That that uh, that may be a means to help chip away at some of those driver shortage uh, challenges as
0: well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so to your point, autonomy is definitely going to shore up some of those labor shortages. But also, as that technology begins to be deployed more broadly across industry and across transportation, I think the nature of work is really going to shift. Whereas before, a driver would be primarily responsible for his or her vehicle, that role may shift to either take on a different task or perhaps manage the mobility of more than one vehicle at a time. Has First Transit thought through about how work is going to change as autonomous vehicle technology becomes more sophisticated?
1: Definitely, yeah, and I I think there, yeah, that focus of the individual that currently is sitting in a seat behind the wheel, um, I, I think will more evolve and change uh, in a lot of environments, as opposed to completely be removed, um, you mm-hmm. know, uh, a, a shuttle that's operating at a medical, um, facility or a hospital campus, for example, um, that individual may move and, and their focus may not be a hundred percent on driving, but more engaging with the passengers and providing assistance with boarding and alighting the vehicle, um, you know, securing mm-hmm. any mobility devices, things of that nature. Um, yeah, and then yeah. Similarly, out. I think for some of our you know, think of an airport operation or a, a university shuttle. That individual may may not be behind the wheel, but they could be managing or overseeing multiple vehicles in a teleoperations environment, mm-hmm. for example. So yeah, yeah. I think more so um, a, a re retraining and repurposing of staffing and and what their roles look like
0: today will will evolve and change. Do you think autonomy will lead to layoffs?
1: Uh, no, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, again, specifically to um, the the driver role, I, I think that you know we're we're currently at a, a scenario where uh, or a reality where. Uh, there are shortages uh, of drivers currently today. Um, so again, I think it's more a repurposing and repositioning of of those staff resources, and being able to to be more efficient um, with them uh, as opposed to leading the layoffs.
0: So I want to shift to the future. How do you imagine transportation is going to look like in say five or ten years?
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I think the biggest thing that that we're seeing right now, and, and still in the infancy to, uh, to an extent is a move to electrification. Okay. Um, and, and so that's something that we're actively um, assisting and, and working to um, participate uh, with our clients on. Um, it, it's no small task uh, for a transit authority to Acquire buses and then have the appropriate infrastructure to be able to uh, mm-hmm. maintain their their operations and their fleet um, when they convert to electric. So, um, I, I think there's still some some time before that uh, uh, gets to a point where it's several hundred buses uh, for for some of the larger uh, transit authorities. But we're we're seeing that interest level and and that desire to reduce uh, reliance on, you know, fossil fuels. So Mm -hmm. I I think that's something and and certainly in the autonomy space, EV and AV has a a very nice synergy. uh, And I see that, uh, you know, continuing to to, uh, play a part.
0: How did the cost of electrification compare to just regular old vehicles? Are they quite a bit more expensive? Is it a huge financial undertaking to shift your fleet?
1: Um, Where we see it today, yeah, vehicles are are a bit more expensive. Um, I I think there are some um, cost savings from the maintenance and and upkeep side of things. Uh, Mm -hmm. The mindset where we are today is electric vehicles will have a lower um, maintenance cost, uh, so that provides some Cost savings or return on investment in that regard, um, mm-hmm. but I think um, similar to AV, some of the EV deployments are a handful of buses, um, and and only a fraction uh, of an entire fleet. So mm-hmm. a, a little bit more work to be done to understand the the true significance and impact um, of an entire fleet.
0: How urgently are fleet owners making the transition to electric vehicles? You know. Most
1: city, uh, municipality, and or transit authority uh, across North America is looking at it and, and has an interest in it. Um, and, and then the approach to how they actually deploy that is, is going to differ. Some are looking at, yeah, when it comes time to replace uh, a, a bus um, or a similar asset, at that point in time, they convert it to an electric vehicle. Um, So that's a part of it. And and that also provides some flexibility to
0: um,
1: uh, ramp up uh, the infrastructure required Mm -hmm. for electric vehicles.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I want to ask you a similar question about autonomy. Let's say the autonomous vehicle technology today was perfect and was ready for launch. How long do you think it would take before we would see this being rolled out to say most of the country. Is it gonna take five years? Is it gonna take decades?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. And and I certainly look at things from the the public transit um, side of things, obviously. So uh, not taking into account robo-taxis and, and things that um, some yeah, of those yeah. folks are doing. Um, I, I think there are some, some locations and and some applications um in all honesty that could be deployed right now um, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm thinking of uh bus rapid transit lines uh for example uh or, yeah. or at least the vast majority of a brt route could be automated um today there mm-hmm. may be some points where it's relevant for the operator to uh maintain control um So, I think those environments could happen sooner and then, um, you know, still will more than likely be some time before a fixed route bus is operating fully autonomously down a city, uh, you know, street like LA or New York.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's exactly why we are focused on autonomy related to industrial use cases, right? The barrier to entry is much lower. These are things we can get set up. Right away, these are technologies that are available and safe and scalable now, which I think isn't exactly true of you know public transportation as it relates to autonomy. We're still a few years off. Exactly.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, in in those environments, typically they're categorized as private roadways uh, mm-hmm. and have a little bit more leeway with uh, with regard to that onboard attendant. Um, and so right. certainly can leverage, um, you know, that aspect of, of things from the ROI standpoint, you know, if you're moving goods or materials around the location.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jeff, I really appreciate this. This was interesting. Thanks for your time.
1: No, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. The Advanced Autonomy Podcast is hosted and produced by Luke Renner and is brought to you by Syngin. Synjin's versatile autonomous transportation technology brings advanced self-driving capabilities and enhanced data insights to the vehicles you already own. Learn more by visiting CYNGN.com.